the the background of this is that Josh is a very involved Disney planner. And so that doesn't um, that doesn't sound familiar at all. I mean, I'm not I'm not married to somebody exactly like that either. <laughs> Before we dive into tonight's show, we have a special announcement. We have a new show sponsor, and so we are excited to welcome My Path Unwinding Travel as our new show sponsor. Now, for those of you who have been with us for a while, you know that Touring Plans has been our longtime show sponsor. Nothing bad is happening here. We have just landed on a show sponsor who we think has an expertise in cruising, an expertise in some luxury travel options, and dare I say, some expertise in adventures by Disney, all topics near and dear to our heart that we love to bring to you each and every week. And so we are excited to welcome them on as a sponsor because we think there's fabulous opportunities for us ahead with My Path Unwinding Travel. And so I want to welcome Karen to the show, who's the owner of My Path Unwinding Travel, because I know she'd like to say hello to everyone out there too. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to begin this true partnership with the DCL duo. We definitely, as an agency, have have a strong focus on Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney. As an authorized Disney Vacation Planner Agency, we provide full-service travel planning for all Disney destinations and also full-service planning beyond Disney. So we work with a lot of Disney fans who are also looking to try something a little bit different. So we can help them understand what are the pros and cons relative to their Disney experiences when they're looking to travel beyond the mouse. But our focus is definitely with Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney, as well as Elani and Walt Disney World and Disneyland, of course. And we have a team of travel advisors coast to coast, all who are highly experienced with Disney Cruise Line and like to elevate our travel experiences by sailing uh, concierge. See, and it all started with concierge, right, Sam? Because we took that one, we took that, we dipped our toe into concierge on that February trip. And who did we get to meet on board? We met Karen. Uh, Actually, we first met Kaylee, who is one of the agents at My Path Unwinding Travel, who then introduced me to Karen as the owner of of the travel agency. And we got to chatting and became, you know, particularly friends on Facebook, of course, because Karen has an amazing array of Facebook groups. And I'll let you talk about that in a second. But I did want to mention that the cruise that we were on, unbeknownst to us in in February, sailing on the Wonder out of New Orleans, happened to be a My Path Unwinding travel agency cruise, right? You guys, I mean, obviously it wasn't the whole ship, but you guys had a large group of people on the ship, not all of whom were sailing concierge, but quite a few of whom. And Kaylee was sailing in the Roy suite. And so I came when you guys were having your kind of first day uh, sail away party, I'll call it that, because it was not the sail. There was no sail away deck party, but it was there was a sail away party for my path unwinding travel in the Roy suite. And I came and took your agency photo um, at the time which was fun. Um, and it was nice to see you all. You had, a, like I said, a large group of, of folks sailing. And I know that your next one is actually coming up in November. Is it November of this year? No, next year's fi- it's like 500 days out. Yeah. On Royal Caribbean, actually, a, a My Path Unwinding kind of organized trip. 
Absolutely. So that cruise on the Disney Wonder was what we called a concierge takeover. We had probably the vast majority of the concierge staterooms and suites on the Disney Wonder on that sailing, including both Royal Suites. And we had a great time taking advantage of all the concierge perks and and traveling together as a group. And yes, that is when uh, I got to meet you and Brian in person, Sam, and um, really started this connection that we have to lead to this new partnership. Definitely, we are excited about the Royal Caribbean cruise for next November 2023, where we are doing another concierge level takeover. And that is going to be even bigger. And we have all of the top level suites booked. We have a growing number of the kind of mid-level concierge suites booked. Everybody's welcome whether or not they're sailing in a concierge category. We're going to have lots of great experiences for our group, including a suite tour. Uh, I'm going to be in the Royal Suite for that tour. Kaylee's going to be in another one of the top suites. And we'll, of course, be hosting events and kind of a, a suite crawl during that cruise. Oh, I really want to go. We have to figure out a way to fit this in our cruise. Cruising schedule, Brian. Believe me, I've been looking. I've been looking. But I, I, I want to hit, hit on one word that Karen used there that I think just you know is typifies for me her and her agents, uh, and that is welcoming. Uh, and so we had a fabulous time getting to know them personally on our February sailing. As Karen mentioned, her agency has quite a few Facebook groups out there around concierge sailing, around the Wish, around Disney, and they are some of the most welcoming Facebook groups that I have been in. People ask questions; they get great answers. And uh, I think they're moderated really well. Uh, And so we're just looking forward to this because it's been such a welcoming experience meeting her and her agents. And so we're really excited. We're really excited for what the future brings. We hope you all know out there, we're going to continue to bring you the same great content that we have. It's not that we're suddenly just only going to talk about concierge or adventures by Disney, but I do love to talk about those topics because I know not everyone out there knows what they're about. Not everyone out there gets a chance to experience them. And so we love to share those with you so you can kind of learn about the products a bit more and learn what else is out there even beyond Disney. So we are super excited for this partnership. Karen, thank you so much uh, for being willing to have the conversation with us and partner here. We're just really excited about it. We are truly looking forward to it. and. Looking forward to uh, sharing more within our Facebook groups, our Disney Cruise Line Concierge group, our Disney Deluxe group, our Adventures by Disney groups, and beyond, and just continuing the conversation. So thank you. Uh, We're really looking forward to this uh, endeavor. Awesome. We are too. All right, everybody. Now on to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And I'll start where I have taken to starting, welcoming Sam to the show, the <laughs> lovely co-host, Samantha, the on-air talent. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for welcoming me, Brian. Welcome to you. <laughs> yeah, no one welcomes me. Where's my welcome? Where's I know. There you go. That's why I just figured I would welcome you. Nobody ever welcomes you. So welcome. All right. Well, it is a fabulous Sunday morning. The sun is shining here in Seattle. We are well caffeinated. We have had breakfast. We are ready to go by welcoming our fabulous guests to the show, Josh and Megan. Welcome, Josh and Megan. Thank you for having us. We're glad to be here. Yeah, so nice to speak with you. 
And we are having one of our favorite kinds of shows, a show that Sam is usually buzzing with energy about, a first time on Disney Cruise Line show. Sam, I think these are some of your favorites. These are. I absolutely love talking to folks who have sailed for the first time on Disney Cruise Line because from my personal experience, it is like nothing else. And it's such a fun experience. I, I guess we've had a we've had one or two people who are disappointed, but generally speaking, we have. Um, if you're a Disney fan and you're fir- the first time cruising on DCL, it feels like almost everyone is blown away by the experience. So I love that. I love the excitement and the newness of it is always really fun. Before we dive into this unique first time experience, we have to ask Josh and Megan about their Disney cruising background, their Disney backgrounds, because this was their first time on Disney Cruise Line. So they don't have any prior experience with that. Right. But they do have some other cruise line experience. Yes. Yes. Josh and Megan, won't you tell us your cruising background and your background with the, uh, the Disney parks? Sure. I have been on just a couple cruises, all as an adult, all with Josh um, on Carnival and Princess. All in the Caribbean. In terms of Disney, I had not been to Disney at all until I was probably 25 years old. Wow. Yeah, I never went as a child. And um, when Josh and I got together, he, as you'll hear, has a very extensive Disney background. And so he talked it up and talked it up. But I was like, yeah, whatever, Disney's for kids. And then um, we had been married a few years and went down to visit his parents in Tampa and went over to the parks for a couple of days. So that was my first time going to Disney at all. Was that the hoop de doo with the sangria? It, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the sangria. Okay. That sounds like a story within itself. Yeah. <laughs> so we went a couple times just as a married couple. And then Jack, who is nine now, we went for his first time just before he turned three. And then we've been down there almost every year since. We intended to go every other year, but it has turned into mostly an annual thing, if sometimes not. More than once. Sometimes more than <laughs> once per year. Yes. Yeah. And I grew up going to the parks in particular. I always used to stay at Fort Wilderness Campground. We actually would camp on the ground. One of my favorite trips as a child, we flew down from Bangor, Maine with our tents. This is in the era where you had, you know, two free bags. <laughs> and so we brought all our camping gear on the plane and we uh, camped in the campground and had a fabulous time. But that's my uh, Disney Parks background and definitely got Megan hooked as, as soon as I could. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your first time aboard the Disney Dream, your first time with Disney Cruise Line. What made you decide to take the leap from parks over to a Disney cruise? I think that it was all of the Disney media that Josh consumes. He <laughs> is an avid podcast listener, an avid YouTube Disney content consumer. And so he and Jack, I think, just decided after hearing podcasts, you know, watching YouTube videos and stuff, that that should be our next target. And Jack, of course, has no concept of how much anything Disney related costs. And so he, <laughs> He was like, oh, yeah, we're totally going on a Disney cruise. No big deal. (laughs) So I I posed it to him at one point. I said, even if you had to forego two parks trips, would you want to try the cruise line? And when he said yes, for sure, I said, "Okay, he's pretty serious about his interest here. So we decided we would try and work it in. And, And we booked this one about 14 months out thinking surely the pandemic would be over by then. And <laughs> of course it was not, but we still had a fabulous time. Yeah, it worked out. I'm fun. just glad everything worked out. So how old is Jack? He is eight and a half. Okay, so he's the same age as Nathan. 
right? No, he's nine. He's nine, he's nine and a half. He'll be 10 in December. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my We're goodness. Almost a Disney adult. Almost a Disney adult. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you choose this particular itinerary? Why why the dream? Uh, was it be- where because of, you know, it's sailing out of Port Canaveral? Was it because you wanted to do a three or four night? What was the sort of the thinking behind choosing that particular itinerary? So I think our first criterion was that we wanted to be on one of the newer ships. Mm-hmm. And so that, of course, cut us down to two. So we decided that we didn't want to do a seven night because Jack had never been on a cruise before and we weren't totally sure how it was going to go over. We thought he would like it pretty well, but just in case we didn't want to be on a seven night cruise and have him, you know, hate it. And so we figured we would go with one of the shorter itineraries. We were definitely hedging a little bit just to make sure. Right. And so we picked the dream sailing that we did and then it, it just meshed well with adding park stays either before or after. Yeah. And it was, we picked the week that we did because it was a school break week in April. New England had a late April break this season. And so kind of applying the the filtering criteria of a particular week and then a particular length pretty quickly zeroed us in on this particular sailing. Smart. And did you do, did you do a three night or a four night? I don't, I, I don't remember if you said. We did a four. Mm-hmm. And that was our preference over the three night, just because it was a little bit easier to get down there since it was the Monday to Friday. So we didn't have to worry about, you know, being down there at the start of the weekend. And and in all my my research about sailings, I'd heard on various places that with the three nights, it can feel like you've just unpacked and then it's time to pack up again. While we wanted to hedge a little bit, I didn't want to do a three night for our first time because I figured... I th- more likely than not, it was going to be a hit. And I didn't want it to be so short that we didn't have time to do that. It ended up working out really well, though. It was a good length. So we were able to get on the boat and get settled and everything and get unpacked and get our bearings. And then we still felt like we had a couple of days to just be on the ship and check everything out. Where are you coming to the parks from or where are you coming to this cruise from? We live in Maine. And so um, we live about 20 minutes outside of Portland, Maine. And so we fly out of Portland into Orlando. Right. We we toured a couple of days and then kind of self-transferred in our rental car over to the port. So you got to the port by car. How was the embarkation process? At this point, they're still doing the at-port testing, but it's the antigen testing. So it should have been pretty fast. But how how was the embarkation process from getting to the port to getting on the ship? It actually went really well. We left Orlando with enough time that we could have gotten multiple flat tires and encountered bumper-to-bumper traffic. And we still would have gotten there on time because Josh was very nervous about missing our arrival time. So we got there. We got down there a little bit early and stopped just at a diner and had breakfast. And our arri- our port arrival time was 10.45. That's right. We got a fairly early port arrival time. As first-time cruisers, I thought that wasn't going to happen. So I was really pleased to get the 10.45 slot. And so we got there right at around 10.45, dropped off our bags, went in for the testing. And I would say the test results were back in 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. I expected a very anxious wait in the car. But by the time I took Jack to the restroom and returned, uh, Megan said that we were clear to sail. So that was perfect. Yeah, it worked out great. So our arrival time, our port arrival time was 10.45. And we were tested, bags dropped off through the terminal and on the boat by a couple minutes after noon. Yeah, 
that's a great port arrival time. Just a pro tip for listeners, if you haven't been on Disney Cruise Line before, your port arrival time is just the earliest time you can show up. You can show up anytime after that. But of course, you want to show up you know, close to your port arrival time because you want to get on the ship earlier and enjoy it. You've paid for a, you know, a, a four-night cruise in your case. And so you want to get your fill of, of the ship because you don't get the full day, particularly that first day. That's exactly what it was. And we weren't sure how long the wait would be in the terminal before they called our boarding group. We ended up waiting in the terminal after clearing security. I think we waited about half an hour to board, Maybe. something like that. I have to say there, there's kind of a theme through our trip that many of the protocols had lifted just as we were starting our voyage. So things were changing that I didn't know, despite all my podcast listening. So for example, just as we boarded, I kind of asked a cast member, so is, is Mickey going to dance? Is, is that a thing? And they said, well, no, actually, we're doing a sail away party on this cruise. So there's no kind of entry show The the, the pandemic era show had had not was not going to happen. So we just kind of waved to Mickey and took a selfie and then moved along with our our entry. But I had expected that kind of uh, welcome show in the atrium and it, it didn't happen for our sailing. That's uh, really fun that you guys had the sail away party. What did you guys think of that? So here's the thing. The room that we had booked was an aft balcony. And so by the time we had lunch and our bearings on the ship and went back to the room, all our luggage was there. So we hauled it inside. And we hung out on the balcony and then we decided that we would actually rather watch the ship sail away from the balcony than go to the sail away party. So we don't know how it was because we didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not one of those things where it's like, you must do this or you like have ruined your cruise kind of a experience. I would personally say it's fun, but it's not like crazy. Yeah. Those after, did you, did you find much vibration back there? That tends to be the thing that folks don't love is that the engines are right below those aft staterooms. We didn't actually notice any from our room. We were on the ninth deck. I don't think that I noticed any vibration in our room. I would say the one exception is when the aft thrusters are activated for docking maneuvers. You definitely felt that. But I think the whole ship probably feels that. I mean, it's it's pretty serious. A lot of horsepower happening. But other than when the thrusters were working, the side to side kind of motion, we didn't feel anything underway. It was very smooth, actually. And I think being up on the ninth deck probably helped. How, how did you guys choose your stateroom? I guess I should ask first, did you choose your stateroom or did you do it, you know, some kind of guarantee category room? I, we, we've spoken to a lot of people who, who seem to like doing that. If you chose your stateroom, how did you, you know, make the choice of what category to sail in? Yeah, and it's interesting that our, our particular stateroom changed categories between, I think it was 2021 to 2022. When we reserved it, it was a 5E. And then when we actually sailed, it was a 4E. So I don't know if that counts as an upgrade or not, but it was the same room. Um, and we really just picked based on it being an aft veranda just knew that that extended veranda experience was something that the family would enjoy. We were trying to thread the needle between being too high on the ship and too low on the ship. So we thought we wanted to err on the higher side, but we didn't want to, for instance, be directly below cabanas. That's a good point. We avoided deck 10 for that reason. And so we we kind of had been looking at, I think, seven, eight and nine. And so we just looked at the the floor plan of the ships and figured out what rooms were still available that fit the criteria that we had. and then picked that one. <laughs> nice. So now you know so that you like that room if you could sail on the fantasy or the dream in that same room and it'll basically be the same room. So <laughs> yeah, I would definitely I would be happy to do that anytime. 
So I'm curious, you know, walking on board the Disney ship for the first time into the atrium is usually a, well, can be a very special experience for some. And so I'm wondering how it was for your family with the, uh, you know, the name announcement and that sort of thing. It was very cool. We had watched, as we've talked about, a bazillion videos of it. And so we knew roughly what to expect. But when you're the one walking in and they're saying your name, it it just was very, very cool. And getting to see what you've seen pictures of and videos of, just fantastic. And looking back at the pictures, Jack looks very shell-shocked. At the time, I didn't really pick that up from him, but I it was just, I think he was like a little bit overwhelmed, but it was really great. Just gorgeous, it, high energy, having Mickey up there. There were so many cast members kind of guiding you where you're supposed to go. So it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I was really impressed with that part of the experience. I'm glad that they've held on to that tradition of announcing each party. I think it's just a really kind of magical touch that you get to see characters just as soon as you enter, uh, particularly Captain Mickey. And I think Minnie was there too. All right. So you get on board, you're announced, you said your your staterooms were actually ready kind of early. So, um, but let's talk about, you know, that first day embarkation, day lunch, what, you know, and, and, and sort of getting your bearings on the ship. What, what kinds of things did you do that day? Um, and did you go to cabanas? Did you do sit down lunch? I always love to know what people do that first day because it varies so, so greatly. So when we first boarded, one thing that was high on my list and and one of the reasons I I wanted that early embarkation time was to make any last minute adjustments once we were on board. And so I did, I noticed that our dining rotation wasn't what I was hoping for. I wanted to have animators twice. So one of the things that we did that first afternoon uh, at 1230, we went and met with the dining staff. They had a table in front of the Enchanted Garden restaurant. Uh, They took care of that really quickly for us, got us reassigned so that we could have animators twice, which which was great. Yes, on arrival morning, or I, I say morning, but it was really all day. We definitely used the time to get oriented. Jack wanted to play Midship Detective Agency pretty quickly off the bat, and that was a huge hit. He is an enormous... We do all the scavenger hunts at Epcot. We do sorcerers in the Magic Kingdom. He that type of stuff is right up his alley. So R.I.P. Sorcerers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we knew going in that he wanted to do midship detective agency. So we signed up for that before we went to lunch, and then we had sit down lunch at Animators Palette. Yes, and that was delicious. So we had lunch. Jack started his unbroken. Every meal is Sunday streak while we were on board. Right. So Jack ate every single meal on the boat, macaroni and cheese, cheese pizza, and a Sunday. <laughs> we had talked extensively about, you know, this is a great chance to try new things because it's low, you know, low risk and you can really branch out on a cruise. And then, you know, at the end of the day, mac and cheese was, was the, the uh, order of the day. But, you know, that's okay. That's totally fine. It's vacation. So um, I love it. And then we I think my highlight from that meal would have been the empanadas. I think I like that the appetizer, the beef empanada appetizer was quite good. It's funny. That's the sit down lunch. We we on our first several cruises, we never did that. We did the we did the crazy cabanas rush where everybody is in there and it's just really crowded. And, And now it's become our thing that we don't ever do cabanas on that first embarkation day lunch. Now we always do a sit down lunch and I love it. <laughs> I may have picked that tip up from, from, from YouTube, but I definitely pushed the family in the direction of 
you know, let's just go have a relaxing meal. You know, folks will serve us rather than doing the buffet thing. And uh, that was a nice way to get started. It, it was really neat to experience that dining room. Yeah, I was glad that we did it. And I would do it that way again, because I feel like it took us out of the rush of everybody getting on the boat and mobbing the buffet at Cabana's. We got to sit down, we got to cool off. And by the time we were done with lunch, we were kind of like refreshed and ready to dig into checking out the rest of the ship. And then the rooms they said were going to be ready. I can't remember if it was one or two o'clock, but we waited until that time and went upstairs and our bags were all there. So that's when we went into the room to check things out. That was a nice surprise. I wasn't sure if we would actually even see our luggage before dinner. So it was really nice that the bags had made it at the time we could first go into the room. One of the big things that I feel like was fantastic about the cruise, I am, I'm pretty high strung. I'm just an anxious person. And so I don't know what that's like at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's the type of thing where, you know, I, I go into something new and I think to myself, this is going to be really fun, but what if the bags aren't there and I'm stressed out getting ready for dinner or what if, you know, it sounds like, you know, so having the yeah, Megan, are you, are you living in my head? Because I feel like we're the same person. When we, it was just like, it was such an enormous relief when we got up there and all of the bags were there. Nothing was lost. We were going to have clothes for dinner. We would be able to get ourselves unpacked and settled in the room before we really had to go start engaging in activities and things. And that was kind of the theme throughout the cruise was that everything that I was stressed out about, even if it wasn't something necessarily that I needed to be stressed out about, everything just went really smoothly. And if we ran into any problems or we needed any kind of intervention from the cast members, they dealt with it really quickly. And so it just made for somebody who just that's my nature, just having that ability to have things go smoothly really was like a load off it my aided mind. your relaxation. Yeah, it did aid my relaxation. The I would say in general, and this is no surprise to either of you, but in general, we found that the level of service was just elevated above what we're used to in the parks. And I, I've listened to your concierge stories and we're not there yet, but <laughs> you know, stepping from the parks to the cruise ships, it, it felt like just such a nice, um, everything was taken care of. We just felt like we were in good hands and we could just enjoy ourselves. So we were in the room for a while to check that out. And then I started to unpack and the boys went to explore the ship. Right. Up until this point, we hadn't actually made it on deck yet. So I think Jack and I took our first swing through the upper decks and checked out the the pool area and um, just kind of wandered around to get our get the lay of the land and kind of get to know our new home for the next few days. Awesome. Did you guys check out Open House at the, the kids clubs? Jack and I walked through the Oceaneers Club and Lab while Josh was working on the dining rotation fix. So we went in the Oceaneers Club side and checked out all the rooms and he sat at the Millennium Falcon room for a second and played around did a little bit of a compare and contrast with Smuggler's Run mm-hmm. <laughs> and then walked through the rest and out the Oceaneer's lab side. And I think it was good for him because he was able to get his eye on all the stuff and kind of figure out his game plan for the first time he went. Josh had not been through. I never did it, it, through the course of the, <laughs> I never actually made it to an open house. So Megan got to see the inside of the kids club, but I yet have not yet. So I'll have to save that for the future. Yeah, your next cruise, you got to go through and you got to do the hand washing station um, during open house because it's just fun. I did get to do one of those. We, we once took a uh, DVC open house tour and they had one of those automated hand washers. And it is 
it's, it's memorable. <laughs> it's memorable. Um, but then that night we had Royal Palace for dinner. That was the only Royal Palace dinner that we had. And it was good, but I feel like I was still so overwhelmed from everything on the ship being new that I don't really remember the, the setting very well. I think it was the least, yeah, least memorable would be a good way to put it. It wasn't a bad meal or anything, but it was probably the least memorable of our rotational dining experiences. So you mentioned Royal Palace. Let's talk a little bit about your experience with the rotational dining overall. So you had Royal Palace, Animators, and is it still Enchanted Garden on that ship? We had Royal Palace the first night. Then we had Animators twice in a row. And then we had Enchanted Garden the last night. Mm -hmm. I think it went really well. We really liked having the variety of menus. And we also liked that the servers move with you from restaurant to restaurant. And so our head server the first night ended up not being available for the other nights on the cruise. And so we had the same assistant server, but a new head server for the second, third and fourth nights of the trip. It was great because they they knew that Jack was going to order macaroni and cheese and pizza. And they knew <laughs> that he was going to go through two milks. The milks are what got me. Right. It by the I, I think it might have been second by, the or second third night. Meal. by the second or third meal, we would come into the dining room for dinner and there would be two milks waiting on the table for Jack because they knew that he was going to pound them. And <laughs> um, it was like, that was the type of thing where it seems like something that's so tiny, but we found it. We're still talking about the milks waiting on the table when we got there for dinner. So clearly <laughs> it had an impact on us. Um, but it was just nice to get to know them. And they they know your tastes after you've been to the dinner a couple times. And so they can give you feedback on menu items. And so it was just really nice to to have the staff move with you and get to try out different restaurants. Yeah, my, my overall review of the dining is that definitely ask your server for recommendations because they typically will have experienced most of those dishes and can point you in the right direction. I think the menus can be a bit uneven. There are definitely hits and misses. Hmm. Kind of following our server's advice, we didn't have any meal that I would describe as bad or subpar. We had, I would say, all good to very good experiences. But definitely when we would stray from the recommendations, you could tell that some of the dishes weren't quite as good as others. So uh, that's my tip for folks is take uh, listen, listen to your server. They know they know what's good. Yeah, I, at this point, I find that if the server says don't order it, no matter how appealing it sounds, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Just skip it because I've been disappointed more than I've ever been pleased by by that if they say it's bad. So did you speaking of dining, did you get a chance to try like a Palo brunch or anything like that? Or did you just do the rotational dining? We did. We did Palo brunch on the sea day, which was the next morning after we got on the ship. And so we dropped we had continental breakfast in the room so that Jack had something to eat before we dropped him at the Oceaneers Club. And then we headed upstairs for brunch to Palo. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I had a chance to meet several of the agents from My Path Unwinding Travel on a recent cruise we did out of New Orleans in February, our first time sailing concierge. And let me tell you, those agents were so nice, so welcoming, and so knowledgeable to us. They answered all of our questions about concierge, even though we had not booked our vacation through them. We have since joined several of their fabulous Facebook groups where we've learned more about concierge and had even more questions answered. And let me tell you, they are just so 
responsive, so knowledgeable, so welcoming, such a positive energy in this community that we were so excited to welcome them on as our new show sponsor. So if you are interested in booking your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, you've been curious about concierge, you've been eyeing an adventures by Disney, you've been wanting to explore an all-inclusive vacation or some new destination that maybe Disney doesn't go to, let me tell you, Karen and her agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel are the people to talk to. And remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent to book your travel. They get paid at the time you travel. And so you are leaving this great knowledge and expertise on the table if you're not using a travel agent to book your next fantastic vacation. So head on over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo so they know we sent you their way and we know you will have a wonderful experience with Karen and the entire team over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show and now back to our episode. Were you able to get that reservation ahead of time or did you have to go and try and get it when you were on board? I know as as new cruisers, uh, at times it's been hard to get Apollo brunch for, for people who are not even like, pl- who are not platinum, for example. Yeah. So th- I, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to midnight, 75 days out um, <laughs> because Megan and I were both kind of on our devices right as the clock ticked over, knowing that those were difficult things to get. We did our online check-in as early as we possibly could when our window opened. And that was the first thing we tried to get. And we, I think we just lucked out. And I think we were aided in that by having reduced capacity still on our sailing. I think the sailing was near about 2,500 passengers out of a theoretical max of 4,000. So between having the reduced capacity and then following the advice of, of podcasts like yours, we definitely um, hit that right as soon as we could. I remember it was kind of the memorable experience of trying to get online check-in done so we could make that reservation as quickly as we could. The, the background of this is that Josh is a very involved Disney planner. And so... That doesn't, um, that doesn't sound familiar Apple. I mean, I'm not. I'm not married to somebody exactly like that either. Yeah, I think have better luck is probably the wrong word, but I feel like we have better luck than average getting the experiences that we want because the spreadsheet tells us to do certain things at certain <laughs> times, and so trust the spreadsheet is our our Disney mantra. And so Josh knew, you know, we we had a list of the experiences we wanted to try and book ordered by priority. We had two of us on the devices right at the as the clock ticked over to the booking time. And so you can do all that and still not get the things that you want. But Josh does not leave anything to chance when it comes to Disney planning. And so we usually end up with good success. I, I I often like to say in Len I trust. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I honestly, Megan, I don't know how we're married to the same man. But... I'm glad to hear that there is at least one other person out there like this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. I mean, when we are at the Paulo Brunch Reservation on our first Disney cruise, or when we are sitting by the railing at the Rose and Crown eating our dinner and watching Illuminations, Illuminations I can't. I can't give him too hard a time when we are able to do so many cool things because of the planning. So, you know, 50-50. We did get the Apollo brunch and um, it was that that first morning. And it was that a, we were a definite this. highlight, it I would was say. A, yes. It, I feel like, is an outstanding value. Mm-hmm. I agree. The food was amazing. The it food was, was amazing. What did, you guys, what did you guys order? What didn't we M- order? Most of it. I think is the most right. Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had quite a list, but I, I, the thing that stands out in my memory was the calzone. 
that was a really, and that was kind of a backup order as well. That was one of those things that I hadn't picked as my primary, but I enjoyed it more than what I picked as my primary. I would say for me, the highlights were, so we got the, we both got the Bellini Mimosa that comes with the meal. And then we each ordered a second drink. Josh had the balsamic grande, which I think he could have taken or left. Yeah, I was only okay with that. I like uh, a drink called a shrug, which is more acidic. It's it's actually got vinegar in it. And I kind of was thinking that this was because of the balsamic in the name, but it, it, it wasn't quite what I had in mind at the moment. But it wasn't bad. It just wasn't kind of what I was picturing. I had the Bloody Mary though, and it was probably one of the best ones that I have ever had. That was a highlight for me. And then I had the seafood antipasti with the little... There's like a little lobster claw and a shrimp and a little piece of tuna. And that was very good. And we both had some version of Eggs Benedict. We had the calzone. We split a strawberry, a Mickey waffle with strawberry sauce. Which was good, but I don't think it was worth the tummy space. That was the thing is that we ordered so much stuff that we really had to pace ourselves. So for something like Paolo, you could do it as a like a tasting menu. But in fact, these are full size portions of each course that are coming out. So my advice to a first timer, a fellow first timer would be to pace yourself because you want to leave space for the later courses for sure. And then for our entrees, Josh picked lasagna because he is a, a big lasagna eater. And I picked the chicken parm, which is not normally something that I would seek out, but the server recommended it. And it was the most delicious chicken parm I have ever had in my life on top of this creamy, cheesy risotto. That's my dish there too. Oh gosh. That turned out to be <laughs> my favorite. And I just got, you know, a, a portion of Megan's, what she was willing to share. That might've been the most delicious thing that I ate on the entire cruise. The table that we had it was not the tables right along the window. It was the booths where you can see out over those front that front row of tables. And so the view was amazing. It was cool to watch. The it was our sea day. So it was fun to, yeah, we could see a little bit of ocean traffic and just kind of look out over the horizon. Just a, really a wonderful space to spend a couple of hours. And then we tried every single one of the desserts on the menu. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love that you guys did this. And and all the while, uh, Jack is having a blast at the kids club. Yes, oh my gosh. exactly. And I heard so many stories leading up to the cruise about how you you know you know you need to bring a crowbar to get your child out of the kids club. But it really rang true for us too. He he really enjoyed his time down there. Um, it was not uncommon for me to go try and pick him up, and he would come back, you know, and negotiate for more time. He said, you know, can I have twenty minutes more, kind of a thing, and I. So I would say, sure thing. And so I'd go wander around the atrium or, you know, whatever, and then come back and pick him up. But he really enjoyed that time. Did you guys get to check out, you know, Satellite Falls and the adult pool areas and that, you know, during the day while he was doing his time at Oceaneers then? If I, if I had a regret for the trip, it, it's not missing the deck party, but it is missing. Um, I wanted to check out Satellite Falls and never even made it to Satellite Falls. I, I never laid eyes on it. So we'll just have to put that on the, you know, kind of for next time list. Uh, we made it to Cove, but only in kind of the kind of passing through kind of fashion. So we didn't spend a lot of time in the uh, adult exclusive areas, really. We really felt like, and this is, as everybody knows, true for any Disney experience, whether you're on land or not. But there was so much on the ship to do that it was sometimes hard to prioritize what we wanted to do. And so we would just pick something and do it. And we have a whole list of things that we want to do 
when we go back. Yeah, we made it to over the course of the four days, we made it to one trivia session. And we both kind of left the ship saying, Oh, we should have done more trivia, that would have been fun. Yeah. And we we went to we did make a point of getting to match your mate again, based on, you know, advice from from this podcast and others. And that was super fun. It was, I was a little bit I wasn't totally sold on it. But Josh convinced me to go and it was hilarious. So I, we've hit a lot of the main topics for what you do on a, on a Disney cruise, but except we haven't hit ports. I, I imagine because you were on a four night that you went to Castaway and Nassau. Um, but I'm curious as to if you got off at Nassau and then what you guys did at Castaway. We did not get off at Nassau. That was the right answer for everyone except the Port Authority of Nassau, but yes. Nah, I mean, (laughs) there are some people who who love Atlantis or Blue Lagoon, and now there's that new Margaritaville. I want to try Blue Lagoon. I want to try Blue Lagoon for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So you you decide to stay on the ship uh, at Nassau, which is a good call when you've got it, particularly when you have a short cruise, you want to spend as much time as possible on the ship. But let's talk about Castaway Day. Did you guys get to dock at Castaway? We did get to dock at Castaway. It had been very windy the day before on Nassau Day. And so we were a little bit nervous that there might be a problem or that the wind would stick around. It just had been so windy on Nassau Day that all day we're thinking, oh, when we get to Castaway tomorrow, it's not going to be a great day. There's going to be something the matter with it. But it was gorgeous. It was calm. We docked and we were in the first wave of people off the ship. We got down to the holding area just as they were starting to let people off the the boat. So Megan has a little Stingray PTSD from an earlier cruise experience on Grand Cayman. I just don't like interacting with unpredictable wildlife up close. Same girl, same. Excellent. Everybody <laughs> acts like it's ridiculous, but I, I don't want any part of that. But the boys did. So Jack and I did the Stingray experience. And I think that that was a hit for both of us. I think he wasn't thrilled about touching some of the food because it was kind of slimy. But the Stingrays themselves, he enjoyed the up close interaction with. He did not really care for the snorkeling part of that experience. I think he just needs a little more practice with the equipment. But the actual feeding of the stingrays was a hit. That's why we were so eager to get off the ship early. And by this time, they weren't doing boarding groups or, or I guess, unboarding groups. Um, we were just free to exit whenever we wanted. So that worked out really well. Yeah. So we, when we got off the ship, bought the cooler of waters. And this had been there had been much discussion leading up to the buying of waters about whether we were going to do it or not. But we did it. And we were glad that we had. And we took the tram over and I dropped the boys off at the Stingray experience. And then I walked around the Snorkel Lagoon over to the Waterslide Lagoon and staked out a spot. I sunburn very easily, even with a ton of sunscreen. And so I wanted a shady spot with three seats that was pretty close to the ocean. And so it worked out fine. I went over and took care of that. And then they caught up with me when they were done with the stingrays. It was nice to be able to finish that shore excursion and then kind of come around the corner and find that we already had seats. That was that was a nice thing that Megan did for us. So it was a great spot. The water was chilly that day. So I waited in a little bit and took some pictures while I waited for them. And then when they caught up, they went on the Pelican Plunge. Mm-hmm. I did not go on the Pelican Plunge. I did both slides. Jack only did the one slide. Certainly surprising how deep the entry is because it's not like your Disney resort slides. It's it's over your head deep when you when you slide in. But super fun. I really enjoyed that part. And did you guys stay and eat lunch at Cookies then? We did. And that was probably the low point for me food wise on the trip. 
<laughs> I like that type of, it's not that I don't like picnic food. It just didn't, I, for whatever reason, it didn't, didn't do it for me. It wasn't working for you. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Like I, I didn't have a major complaint with it. I would say I agree with Megan's overall. Probably the weakest meal of the trip was the cookies meal. We were just talking about this before recording about, you know, maybe next time we're on Castaway, we'll try and get over to the adult beach. And I understand they have a slightly different menu. So maybe we, w- we should try that out. Yeah, I mean, I think the only difference, if I'm remembering correctly, is that they have steak there that's pretty good. But I I would agree with you guys. I don't think the food on Castaway is anything to write home about. It's not bad. It's fine. It's, you know, but it's not like it's not, I, I don't think it's great in, in any way. I think the food on the ship is better. But, you know, you're outside. You're not going to schlep all the way. If you're spending the day on Castaway, you're probably not going to schlep all the way back to the ship to have lunch and then come back. So it, it makes sense to, you know, for the convenience factor to eat it. At Cookies Plus, they, you know, you can still get your soft serve ice cream out there. So <laughs> it was fine. And we didn't have to go back onto the ship to get it. It worked out fine. And so we ate at Cookies. And then Jack wanted to check out the kids' club. So Josh and I took the tram over to Serenity Bay just to check it out. And oh, nice. So he went to Scuttles. He, he did. did go to Scuttles. Yeah. He loves a kids' club. And they were doing some sort of uh, scavenger hide hunt. And seek. Extreme hide and seek. Yeah. Which was, again, like right up the valley with the whole like scavenger hunt thing. So he was really enjoying that. But as soon as we took the tram toward what's it called? Serenity Bay and I saw that airstrip and I saw all the people biking, I said, okay, Jack would love this biking. So we essentially got to Serenity Bay, kind of took a real quick once over and said, okay, let's go get Jack and bring him out on the bike. We basically did that. So we, we kind of reversed course, went back, retrieved him from the club and then uh, started our bike rental. And we did the the whole loop and we climbed the observation tower. And that was, I think it was really fun. Megan went back. Once we got to Serenity Bay again on the bicycles this time, Megan did the about face. What And Jack and I continued on the extra long biking trail that goes kind of, it feels kind of abandoned down this road to a really quiet portion of the island. I think they said it was about a mile round trip down and back that portion. E- even after um, we returned the bikes, Jack and Megan went back on the beach and then I did my version of the 5K. So I walk jogged the thing. So I was, it was, it was kind of funny. Do you want to tell about getting back on the ship? No, it, it was a full day. So we got off right at the beginning and then Jack and I went back to start to get ready for dinner. And we were, it was probably, I think the all aboard time was 4? 4.45. 4.45. And Jack and I probably got back on at 3.45. And when we checked back in, they said, is Josh with you? And I said... <laughs> nope, he is running the 5k and I hope that he makes it back on the boat. (laughs) And so Jack and I just went about our business and Josh ran his, ran his race against himself and then waylaid the gift shop people just as they were closing down. They were rolling the merchandise back inside the stand. And I'm like, wait, are you still open? Cause I wanted my, (laughs) I wanted to buy a cap and a pin to say that I had actually done this thing. So Josh made it back on the boat in the nick of time and went to guest relations to get his medal and then caught up. With him. Nice. It was a very cool, very fun castaway day. Well, before I hand you over to Sam for rapid fire, I know she's going to want to hear all about the shows that you were able to see on board. So what was your experience with the uh, the shows on the dream? Uh, I So we saw, all three of us saw the Golden Mickeys on the first night. That show in particular far outpaced my expectations because... I thought going into it, it was going to be kind of a cheesy Disney review show. 
And I mean, there is a touch of that, but by the end of it, I was, you know, I was invested and I really enjoyed it as an adult. Jack really enjoyed it. We remembered to bring our popcorn bucket from the parks. So we got the super cheap popcorn fill, which, so we felt like we were pros. We just really enjoyed the uh, shows. So all three of us saw the Golden Mickeys. All three of us saw Beauty and the Beast, which again was really impressive. Very good. We all enjoyed that. And then on our departure night what's it called believe i went and saw believe on my own i think jack wanted more kids club time no we we still had midship detective agency work to do so jack and i worked on the muppets the muppets mystery while josh went to the show and then we dropped him at the kids club but i would i would say the theatrical performances were a highlight far exceeded my expectations again having been on carnival and princess those shows are good, but I think that these are an entirely different caliber. Yeah, you're really rooting for Ensign Benson when she's uh, when she's doing the uh, the hosting of the Golden Mickey's. <laughs> so. Exactly, but yeah, we I would make an effort to see all the shows on any future cruise that we do. Well, Sam, I think there's plenty more that we could talk about here and we might bleed that over into a little bit of a bonus show or some extra content for our Patreons out there. But I think we've reached that time of the show and I need to throw it over to you for some rapid fire here. So you want to take it away? All right. So we're going to do our rapid fire round. And I, I know, Josh, that you listen to the show. Megan, I'll give the instructions for for your benefit, which is the only rules of rapid fire are sometimes there's no rules and sometimes I make up rules as we go. So, <laughs> all right. So starting with Megan, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Madam Leota. Ooh, I love that answer. All right, Josh, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? I have to go with Mickey Mouse. I know he's probably a lot of people's favorites, but I even wrote one of my college entrance um, essays about Mickey Mouse. So I got to go with you. Now I I need to read that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Josh, your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? I think I'll go Encanto. That's a good one. Really? Wow. Okay. High praise for Encanto. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's definitely a recent fave, but the music is so good. So good. So in Lynn and Len, I trust. In Lynn and Len, we trust. That's right. I love it. Len Testa and Lynn Manuel Miranda, if either of you are listening, in Lynn and Len, we trust. You've got a fan over here. That's right. All right. Well, you've got actually multiple fans on here. All right, Megan, what's your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Animated Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Classic. Way better than that live action. Yes, it was better than the live action. All right. Favorite Disney song. Megan, we'll start with you. Oh, gosh. The one about the caterpillars and the butterflies from Encanto. Oh, nice. Dos Oruguitas. There you go. Yeah, I knew it. I, I wasn't I was going to butcher it. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> I, I had the dose. I, I was stuck beyond that. josh your favorite disney song because it's top of mind i'm gonna go surface pressure yes yes that is the best song from encanto bar none i don't care what anybody else says home for me so (laughs) (laughs) all right moving to disney cruise line uh what was your favorite stage show that you got to see and i know the answer might be different between the two of you and that is perfectly okay all right josh we'll start with you I'm waffling a little, but I think I would go Beauty and the Beast. I think that that's their flagship show and uh, didn't disappoint. I really enjoyed that. 
Megan? Mine was the Golden Mickeys. Oh, wow. All the highlights. Yeah. Well, that's, I knew that, I knew that I would enjoy Beauty and the Beast and it was very good. I felt the middle dragged a little bit, but it was very good. The Golden Mickeys though, I just liked to get to hear all the different songs and it, it was just really fun. Awesome. Favorite rotational dining. Uh, Megan, we'll go to you first. Enchanted Garden. All right. Josh? I'm going to go Animators because I love the interactive show. I got to talk to Crush just a little bit and it was super fun. Ooh, yeah. I love that you guys got to do that. All right. Favorite activity on board the ship? Josh, we'll start with you. I'm going to say the Aqueduct. I think that that was super fun. It reminded me of the Crush and Gusher coasters from Typhoon Lagoon. And I think that that's, that was something I was looking forward to. And it was, it was really fun. Nice. Megan, what about you? My favorite thing that we did on the ship was watching the fireworks. Oh, I like that. That's a good one too. All right. Favorite space on the ship. Megan, we'll start with you. I really liked, uh, this is kind of a non-answer, but I really liked the Enchanted Artwork Spaces. Oh, I don't that's even cool. know if it counts as a space, but I loved the Enchanted Artwork and it was always exciting to walk around a corner and see one. Yeah, I think that was it. All right, Josh, what was your favorite space on the ship? I'm not sure. I think I would go with the Atrium. I just like the way that it really sets the mood for the whole ship. All right, my last question is Bucket List Cruise. Anywhere in the world you want to go and you want to do it on Disney Cruise Line, where would it be? It doesn't even have to be someplace Disney Cruise Line currently sails or has ever sailed. We'll start with you, Josh. I will say an imaginary round the world trip would be amazing. I know some of these cruise lines do like a 120 day itinerary. And I think something like that on a Disney ship would be pretty amazing. Absolutely. Megan, what about you? I would take a Disney cruise with a Disney itinerary, but with multiple castaway key stops, which is not that outside of the realm of possibility. I like a Caribbean cruise because when I go on vacation, I want warm weather, Mm. Mm -hmm. but I really love to castaway key. Well, and next April, you're going to have, there we go. A make your own double dip. There you go. (laughs) I was just going to ask my, so I, I had my, I should say that wasn't really my last question because I was going to ask what is next for you guys? Sounds like you are booked now on another Disney cruise, or maybe it sounds like maybe two Disney cruises. Am I right there? Yes. We uh, booked a placeholder while we were on the ship. And then when we got home, we knew that we wanted to go on the Wish because the slide entrance to the Oceaneers Club is too much for Jack to to skip. So we thought we would try to get on the Wish while he was still young enough to actually enjoy that. So we knew we wanted to go on the wish, wanted to do longer than the four nights. And so the solution was to book a three night, four night back to back. So next April break, that's what we're looking forward to. Nice, nice. Well, sounds like you've caught the Disney Cruise Line bug, which uh, is not unusual after your first cruise. So (laughs) welcome. Welcome to the Castaway Club. It's so fun hearing about your cruises and your experiences on board. And uh, next time you sail, let us know. We'd love to have you back to talk even more. So thanks, Josh and Megan, for spending some time with us today. Thank you. That would be super fun. Yeah, I hope to talk again soon then. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Josh and Megan about their fabulous first time cruising aboard Disney Cruise Line. We love doing these shows and love hearing perspectives from new cruisers. Can't wait to have Josh and Megan back. Sounds like they've got a great sailing ahead on the wish. So look forward to having them back and hearing more about that. With that, I do have another five-star review I need to read on the air this week, and this one comes from a username I can frankly get behind. It's time for a nap. Who writes the real deal on cruising with Disney? Sam and Brian, as well as their guests, present an unbiased and balanced perspective on cruising. We've appreciated the insight into how protocols and experiences have changed, not only on Disney ships, but also other cruise lines. Without their podcast, we wouldn't feel as prepared to take our next cruise. That the DCL duo partners with the good folks at Touring Plan speaks volumes to their ethos. If you love all things Disney and want to know both the good and the bad of a Disney cruise experience, you can't go wrong here. Well, thank you so much for that review. It's time for a nap. I think I might go take a nap right now. We've got a plane to catch tomorrow and head to Disneyland. Uh, but thank you for that review. It really keeps us going. We love, love, love the reviews and connecting with our listeners. I know we have a new show sponsor with My Path Unwinding Travel, but please know that the ethos that brought us to touring plans uh, over a year ago remains with our show. We believe in bringing you unbiased, balanced reviews about our Disney vacations and Disney Cruise Line. Uh, it is core to what we want to do with this podcast and that will not change. But we are excited to welcome My Path Unwinding Travel as a sponsor to the show. And if you want to help support the show, you can and head over there to mypathunwinding.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Use that address so they know that we sent you. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on the air and connecting with our listeners. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo to connect with our vlog over there, or you can head to dclduo.com to connect with us in all the various ways that we have to connect. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there and look forward to giving a full shout out to our Patreons on our next main episode. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.